Bloomberg Radio. From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. Welcome into AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris is out. He will be back next week. My name is Aaron Jacobson. I identify as he, him, it, and degenerate. I'm six foot seven. Don't say anything. (laughs) I'm wearing a Washington, D.C. shirt given to me by Jack Harris. And my index finger identifies as longer as than my pointer finger. I just wanted to clear that up for everyone today well, before we got started. That's good. For anyone who can't see me, for anyone who is wondering what this voice meant as far as my pronoun, I just wanted to make that very clear for you today on this Thursday morning. Katie Pacino here as well, James Burlander. Okay. Yes, we're going to have an interesting day today. And if you have no idea why I introduced myself as he, him, it, and degenerate, you will in a few minutes as we will play some... Kamala Harris audio that you have to hear. That's going to be coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Big show. It's weird. This is always strange now. Filling in for Jack Harris doing AM Tampa Bay, and then we'll transition into the Ryan Gorman show. I got to tell you guys, I did this for years. (laughs) How do you do this? Honestly, I don't know. I don't think James has learned to function yet. I I haven't. I've been here for years doing this. Well, it's funny because seeing you right before 5 o'clock compared to now seeing you right before 7 o'clock, totally different as far as a visual. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I have to see this transition. (laughs) Yeah, James has to see it every morning. Uh, I can describe it for for the visually impaired if if I need to in Kamala Harris style. She wears... Katie uh, identifies as... Uh, She... Woman, yeah. lady, yes, yeah, all, all of those, and looks and, like, and looks like she comes in with a hood on. <laughs> she puts her hood on, and the hood like buries her entire face. I don't even know if it's a real person. And then, it, but seven o'clock, totally different. Like you're alive, you're running around. I stopped being the Unabomber look after like seven. That is it. Yeah, you I are, look like a Unabomber from five to seven. That's it. Pre, mm-hmm. like when I first saw you today, I I almost ran out of the room. I said, "Oh wait, that's Katie. That's only Katie." Um, yeah. So I uh, I did this forever when I was working AM Tampa Bay. I got my start essentially working AM Tampa Bay with, with Ted Webb and, and Jack Harris, and it was so normal. I was it was waking up. At 3.30 and getting ready, that became so normal to me. This morning, my alarm went off, and I was like, what in, how? What is happening? Seriously, I'm like, I'm, I went to bed at 8.45, 9 last night, like early. I thought you'd be rested. I'm well rested. <laughs> Not. I feel better now. I, you know, I'm chugging a cup of coffee and uh, ready to go. But yeah, we'll do AM Tampa Bay, and then we'll transition. Ryan's out today, so we'll do the Ryan Gorman Show in a lot. Coming up on the show, we'll have some guests today. T-Kraz will join us as the Buccaneers were in action yesterday. Their first day of practice, they're back at training camp. Plus, we'll have some guests like Rory O'Neill, who will join us at the end of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll talk about this CHIPS bill that might be signed by the president very soon here. And also, we'll keep it you know, a, a normal AM Tampa Bay. We'll have the dope of the day. We'll do this day in history today. And we'll have a lot coming up on AM Tampa Bay. And then, of course, we'll get into the Ryan Gorman Show and what's coming up at 7 o'clock. Thursday, tomorrow, we'll head into the weekend. And we'll. Uh, I know Ryan did a preview of what's happening this weekend. We'll also take a look at some of the things going on this weekend. Some good things. Any plans yet? You guys got anything ready? Like Today feels like a Friday. I'm going to Adventure Island at some point this weekend, but aside from that, no plans. Yeah, not going. James, you're DJing somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, and then I'm just going to go walk the malls. 
You're going to walk the malls? Yeah, I love shopping. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Walking the malls is still a thing? There's a lot to see. When I go there, I like it. I end up spending a ton of money, but I don't uh, I don't know if like the mall rats thing, that was a very 90s thing. As long as there's an Annie Ann's, I'll, I'll go into any mall and walk around. You're an Annie Ann's. I still like Spencer's. Are Spencer's still oh, around? Yeah, yeah, they Spencer, are. Yeah. yeah. You know, because you could get everything in there. And as a kid, you walked in, you're like, what, what is this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then your parents are like, no, no, you can't look at that. You're not allowed to look You weren't at allowed that. in the back of the store. Not allowed in the, but I made it to the back. I, this, listen, <laughs> he, him, it, and degenerate. I found my way to the back of the store. Plenty coming up here on AM Tampa Bay. Reed Shepard, who's in for Chris Trenkman, will join us for some quick takes coming up in just a few minutes. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Quick takes now with Reed Shepard. Brought to you by Backyard Resort Pool by Jackson Pools, Inc. Check them out online, jacksonpools.com. Good morning, Reed. Hey, good morning, Aaron. How's it going today? It's going great for 5.15 in the morning. Is anybody up? <laughs> Are people up right Hello. now? We're here. Well, it could be a tough day for the uh, economy again uh, today. We're expecting that GDP report at 8.30 this morning, which... Uh. A lot of people think that it could show the gross uh, domestic product getting smaller between April and June, which, if you want to get into all of that, could mean that the U.S. is in a recession. What do you mean? They said that we're not in a recession. This isn't a recession. I know. Do you know the definition of the recession? Uh, yes. Two quarters, uh, two successive quarters, and so forth and so on. Not according to the White House and the administration. I, I still, I'm going to stand by what I said yesterday, and that is, let's wait until five years from now, and then let's look back and say whether or not we were in a recession. Right. Okay? But in any event, that report's coming out at 8.30 this morning now uh this all comes as the fed as we thought they would increased their key rate by three quarters of one percent in an effort to slow down the inflation so and as we all know and you can tell aside from the gas prices falling down to still above what is above four dollars a gallon it gave us a little relief there but Still, everyone's being impacted, and we oh, talked yeah. about it the other day, Reed. You know, little things, whether it's gas for somebody, whether it's going to the market and little things being impacted with what products they're buying over there, everybody's being hit by this. It's an individual thing, too. It is. Are you being impacted by high gas prices or high uh, high prices at the grocery store? Is it affecting you? If you are, then you're in a recession. Exactly. There you go. Governor DeSantis putting a temporary fix in place uh, for property insurance companies. We've talked about this in the last couple of days. It's putting the brakes on ratings agency Diotex plans, Demotex plans, to downgrade more than a dozen companies. Um, he's also looking into the possibility of citizens, the state-backed company, to act as a reinsurer for these companies, which is kind of an interesting move. Uh, reinsurance is basically uh, a backup for the insurance company. What a mess. In case, you know, for example, in case they were to face a, uh, a large uh, uh, situation with a hurricane or something like that, they might have a reinsurer to turn to to make the, make the payment on these claims. Well, now the governor is saying maybe, maybe citizens should do this. This is a st- this is a interesting road to go down. And it's it's a dangerous road, oh, and I, I, it's a sticky situation right now. Anyone who's a homeowner is <laughs> this is 
I mean, this is a, an, an interesting time and in where this is going to go and lead to down the fu- in the future. I don't think the governor has solved any problems by doing this. I mean, there it may be a, a, a Band-Aid on a scab. Yeah. All right. But that's about all it is right now because sooner or later... You know, something's something's going to have to break sooner or later with this. And uh, Demotech, uh, a lot of people have been saying that uh, the, the, the legislature didn't go far enough, okay, in making the reforms that they did earlier this year. So whether or not this is this is going to uh, take or not, I don't know. And about the idea of having citizens act as a reinsurer, they've got uh, their situation right now is they're taking on so many policies, they're easily going to surpass a million policies here uh, if they haven't already. It's been a mess. I don't know. I, I've dealt with, as, as far as my home insurance, I had uh, my policy was dropped. And I had to go get a new insurer. It was a whole mess. I didn't oh, get my mess. money back. Um, and they said they were going to get my money back. I didn't get my money back. I know I'm not the only one dealing with this type of stuff. Yeah. Fortunately, I've been actually I've been with Citizens ever since I came back. Um, and I had forgotten that they were the insurer of last resort. They just had the best quote for us. So I said, yeah, let's go with Citizens. <laughs> and I've been with them ever since. And, and, and to be honest with you, uh, they've been great uh, for me. Uh, Governor also yesterday in Tampa talking, speaking out against financial service companies, specifically mentioning PayPal, uh, but also talking about banks and credit card companies that he claims are discriminating against people and groups based on political or religious ideology. I got to be honest, I'm torn on this read because from what we're hearing, and you and I were t- talking about it during the break, we've seen instances where people on the far right have been, you know, stopped from getting some of these funds. Mm-hmm. Proud boys. We've seen people on the far left, Antifa, stop, you know, the funds stopped from getting to them. So it seems to be fair here as far as the political beliefs, if you want to look at it like that. But once again, we talk about a sticky road, a dangerous situation to go down, a dangerous road to go down. This is a dangerous road to go down, I feel like, because how do you decipher, how do you decide if one of these services has decided to cut off that payment based on political beliefs? How do you prove that? Well, I think the the, uh, the example you were talking about when we were chatting in the break was the uh, situation where the bakery refused to make a cake for the uh, gay couple that yeah. was getting married. As and far I remember as a religious that very belief. well. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, his religious uh, religious beliefs now see what you're coming close to is the question of whether or not a corporation like a paypal is an individual yeah because i don't know because it is interesting when you talk about what makes the question and i'm simply just asking it what makes political beliefs different from religious beliefs and when you mention that in, in that instance where the Cake, the bakery didn't want to sell the gay couple because that was getting married, the cake based on their religious beliefs. And you're right. When you look at PayPal and some of these corporations, different, but still, when we talk about the bakery, that is a business much smaller than what we see in PayPal, but it's a business. Mm-hmm. It was a mom and pop business, as I recall. Yeah. So, I, good question. <laughs> you know, it made me think about it yesterday. I try to look at everything from a fair perspective and be fair to both sides. Down you try. The I try. I, 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 some people don't. I certainly do. Yes, you do. And uh, in this case, you know, with as far as religious and political beliefs, I think the question at least popped up in my head. Reed Shepard, is that a, that's that's all we got for that's now? For now, we'll be you, back a little later this I'm morning. I'm using you up today. I got <laughs> in four hours. You're okay. coming in every, almost every hour today. Reed Shepard, you'll hear him in a couple minutes in the newsroom. Thank you, Reed. Once again, qu- uh, top stories, quick takes brought to you uh, by Backyard Resort Pool by Jackson Pools Inc. Check them out. Get your pool today at Jackson Pools. Dot com. In just a few minutes, 
We will help you identify with whatever you want to identify as. Kamala Harris audio coming up next here on AM Tampa Bay. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Welcome back to AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris is out. Uh, Aaron Jacobson, Katie Pacino, and James Berlander. What do you guys think? Because you guys know Jack just as well as I do. What do you think, which is pretty damn well, what do you think Jack would say if I asked Jack Harris, Jack, what do you identify as? Like, what answer do you think would come out of his mouth? Hillbilly. Hillbilly might I be reckon. Right. Well, uh, the good thing about Jack Harris is uh, we know who Jack is. He doesn't have to come on the air every day and declare that he's a, he's a dude. He's a man, right? We know. We know. It's, uh, you hear it in his voice. And either way, it doesn't matter. Like, why do we have to identify ourselves? Well, Vice President Kamala Harris felt the need to do that recently. She was talking, uh, uh, commemorating the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And listen, what she did, like, I get it. Democrats are going to be like, you can't make fun of Kamala Harris. She was accommodating the visually impaired and the LGBTQ community. How could you possibly make fun of Kamala Harris for doing the right thing and accommodating everyone. Well, I can because it's easy. Uh, good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And um, I mean, why? Uh, Like, even for people who are visually impaired, blind, why do they need to know what color suit you're wearing? They don't care. Did you ask that suit if it was comfortable being identified as the color blue? I don't think so. I didn't hear the suit consent to being identified as the color blue, right? Let's be fair here, Kamala Harris. No, come on. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's getting to the point where it's just laughable. So you can say we're bullies for making fun of it, but things that are funny, I'm going to make fun of all the time. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. We don't need to do this. We don't. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares? If you want to be, if you were born a man and you want to be a woman, Good for you. If you want to go pay for your, you know, your, your the surgeries to transition, fine, right? And I will, as I get, if I'm personally friends with you, if we are in a, you know, if we have a friendship, a relationship, and you want me to call you something else, out of respect to you as my friend, I will do that. But I don't need random Joe Schmo coming up to me on the side of the street and telling me he's Sally, and if I don't call her she, right, I'm a, I'm a hateful person. No, no, it's just like... This is common sense that we're now turning into just absolute ridiculousness. My and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. It's pretty simple. Just be a good person. Be respectful. You don't have to identify yourself. I don't have to tell you I'm he, him, it, degenerate. I just, I'm Aaron Jacobson, right? You're James Berlander. You're Katie Bacino. Respect people. And now it's becoming such a, a politicized thing. I saw a... With BuzzFeed had an article, using someone's pronouns respectfully isn't complicated. Here are the guidelines. No, I don't want the guidelines. No, no, just be respectful. It's, it's simple. It's simple. But 
NextGen not working. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. But we make everything a little complicated. Uh, just we're, uh, Do we have that? Um, we, we should put that video on the blog on AM Tampa Bay so people can go see uh, Kamala Harris. Go look at her when she looks down. And my apologies, Katie. I didn't tell you to put it up beforehand. She looks down, she looks down to her suit as if she forgot what color her suit was. Had uh, to double check. Yeah, she, she, looked, she had to double check just to make sure that she didn't offend her suit by calling it blue when, in fact, it wasn't blue. No, it was blue. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll have more coming up here on on AM Tampa Bay. What's trending online with Katie Buccino coming up next. It's 5.30. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Buccino. Time for what's trending with Katie Buccino. Just a reminder, I am not Jack Harris. I do identify as he, him, and degenerate. (laughs) And Jack Harris will be back next week. Katie, what is trending? Well, I like to start off with the national days. Today is National Water Park Day, so maybe a good day to go over to Adventure Island. National Milk Chocolate Day and National Chili Dog Day, which leads me to my first trending story of the day and the grossest story of the day. The company Brock's, and I'm 90% sure that's how you say it, the company that makes the candy corn. You've seen it. You may not remember the name, but you've seen the company before. They make candy corn. Well, they've released a tailgate bag of candy corn, and it has... Five different flavors in it, and I am absolutely repulsed by most of them. I was never a candy corn guy to begin with. I found it it might be the worst candy of all time. I think it quite possibly is right up there with those conversation hearts you see at Valentine's Day. Oh, you know what? Thank you. Those are the worst of all time. Those are absolutely terrible. But candy corn is up there, and I don't feel like you need to experiment with flavors, although maybe it might make it a little better. This bag, not going to do that. Um, Do you think the uh, the candy hearts that have the messages on them, do you think they're pronoun-friendly now? Oh, you know there's going to be a 2022 version of them. You got woke candy hearts? Mm, <laughs> delicious. So fruit punch and vanilla ice cream are the two tolerable flavors in this bag, but it's a tailgate bag. So you also have hot dog, hamburger, and popcorn candy corn. Imagine just taking like a handful of that and tossing it in your mouth. Absolutely not. Why We overcomplicate our candies now, too. Like, you don't need meat-flavored candies. Just make some meat at a tail. I don't need candy corn that tastes like bacon. It's repulsive. It's like, you know, remember the candles that smell like bacon? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't need my house. Like, I'll just cook bacon. If I want the smell of bacon, I want to eat bacon. I don't want to be teased by what bacon wax. Candles can be weird because there's certain, like, jelly beans or something I can't eat because there was a candle that smelled, like, exactly like it when I was a kid. It happened to me not that long ago with a watermelon jelly bean. And I, really? I tried to put it, like, I put, like, a fistful in my mouth and I was like, oh, my God, this tastes straight <laughs> like a candle. Wait, fistful of, like, random beans or the straight, no, the watermelon? I had, like, watermelon oh. jelly beans and it tasted so much like a candle to me so you got to be careful with the scents you're burning because it can ruin food for you you know jelly beans overrated too yeah i don't like jelly i'm beans. not a jelly bean fan you know, either not, they're not great like maybe you get one or two that you like and then you get like a what is it one of the cocoa flavored ones and yeah you're, like, eh. but you're not gonna go out of your way to buy jelly beans no, no nor would i go out of my way to buy candy hearts or candy corn Ugh. All right, we'll have some more top stories coming up with Katie with What's Trending Online. That will come up a little bit later here on AM Tampa Bay and then again in the Ryan Gorman Show in just a few minutes. T-Kraz, Tom Krasnicki from down the hall, Ronnie and T-Kraz Show. He'll join us. He was out at Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp. He was at practice yesterday. We'll get an update from him coming up next on AM Tampa Bay. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. 
Welcome back to AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris is out. Aaron Jacobson, Katie Vicino, and James Berlander are now in studio from the Ronnie and T. Crash Show. You can hear him in just a few minutes on 95.3 WDAE, AM 620. He is Tom Krasnicki. T. Kras, good morning. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. You had a big day yesterday. You and Ronnie were out at uh, Bucks practice, and uh, you had uh, some heavy hitters come your way. We were just talking about it. Uh, quite a Quite a big day. It was a scene, you know, day one of Bucks camp, and it evolved into something that I didn't expect. You know, I've done these training camps now for so many years being here in Tampa Bay, and I think yesterday was the best day that we've had as a station for the first day of training camp. You know, we had Kyle Rudolph come come over, and he was phenomenal. We had Levante David, who's rock solid, came over, and then Julio Jones, you know, after practice is over, Todd Bowles addresses the media, all of a sudden Julio Jones is there. Julio Jones might come over, Julio Jones addresses the media, and then Julio Jones sits down with us for about 10 minutes and gives us 10 really insightful minutes. And what a genuine guy, an engaging personality, really open about what his role is going to be, and he's willing to be a team player, which was refreshing. It was refreshing, and all of us remember Antonio Brown. Oh not so refreshing. To hear Julio Jones yesterday, I couldn't help, and I talked to you a little bit about it yesterday, I couldn't help but think about some of the crazy, just ridiculous, stuff coming out of Antonio Brown's mouth compared to, I mean, such a veteran, level-headed, smart guy in Julio Jones, and more importantly, kind of like you said, a team player. Like, just coming in to do whatever he has to do, whether it's zero catches, which you talked about, zero receptions, or 15, it doesn't matter. He's going to do what it takes to help them win. Night and day. And the thing that really intrigued me the most is when he sat there and he told me and Ronnie's like, look, one of the reasons why I came here, obviously, to play with Tom Brady, a chance to win a ring, but... More importantly, I've admired Mike Evans and Chris Godwin from afar. Those guys are quintessential team players. You never hear about anything happening with them off the field, Yep. which I thought was a great observation by Julio. And now you throw him into the mix with Russell Gage. You have four pretty damn good receivers, and you know Tom Brady's going to look for the mismatch, and he's going to find it. If the O-line gives him time, I look out. I think the potential for this Bucks offense, once again, is really high. It was so cool and weird to see Tom out there coming off of the, you know, retirement, unretirement, and just to like the the appreciation I know I had and just going, oh my gosh, okay, we almost lost this. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what yesterday looks like without Tom Brady compared to what it looked like with Tom Brady? I don't think Bucks fans or the Bucks themselves want to even think about that. You don't have the day that you had. Kyle Rudolph's not part of no. this team. Julio Jones isn't part of this team. None of that. None of those guys are here, and you're talking about a rebuilding season at uh, you know 3-14 and 14 or something like that, but Tom looked great yesterday. His arm looked lively. He threw a deep shot to Brett, uh, to uh, Rashad Perriman, which was outstanding, right on the money. And, look, he's motivated. He's intense. He's about to turn 45, and he's got something left in the tank. And if you're a Bucks fan, just enjoy it because I do think this is the, the last ride, period. I don't think he's going to play anywhere else. How, how much Photoshop is going on on his Instagrams and stuff? I mean, I, you know, he doesn't look like that. Um, I don't know how much you caught him with his helmet off yesterday, but he doesn't look like that. He looks pretty good. And look, I, I think there's some playing around, you know. There's got to be there. some air. Bro- Katie Bacino knows a lot about this stuff. Like She's she, the expert. Well, she know, not on herself, <laughs> but like she just, I know she knows the Instagram and how to use the filters. Yeah, there's some filters. And look, I, I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to that sort of thing, but I've discovered a few things that you can do to 
make your picture or your post look even more vibrant than it really should? I mean, listen, as long as he's slinging the ball, I don't care if he looks like he's 50, if he looks like he's 35. But I tell you what, he was at a charity event on Monday over at Burns for the TB12 Foundation, and, you know, you're looking at pictures like, this is one handsome man. He is. I know. He's a very handsome man. I cannot relate, unfortunately. Uh, (laughs) Rob Higgins is actually going to join us tomorrow. I know uh, they're going to be partnering up with TB12, their foundation. They got an announcement coming later today, so we'll have Rob Higgins join us tomorrow. Did you catch uh, former head coach Bruce Arians? You see him out there? He's now in the front office. I did. You know what? At one point, I saw him out there, and it looked like he had a play card in his hand, which was interesting. Uh, What, are you starting rumors now? Uh, No. I mean, I'm just observing what what I saw. What does that observation mean to you? (laughs) We're going to find out, but I know, you know, look, you you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen, so to speak, and... You know, he decided to step aside, and those reasons obviously are still very much up for debate. But uh, I think Brady and Leftwich do a pretty good job of running things, and I don't know if Bruce is planning on doing that or was that was that was just a one-time thing. But I found it interesting. I'm sure you'll hear that more in depth on the Ronnie and T. Crowd show. No, you won't. In just a few minutes. No, you won't. <laughs> um, what else was? There? Oh, the Rays. They uh, listen. They could have blown that, that last game. night. Like, I I was watching, going back and forth from the Mets Yankees game. Scherzer, <laughs> so much fun. I love that guy. He's so much fun. He's oh the most gosh. intense guy I've ever seen on on a mound. And then the Rays game, which. At first, it looked good for the Rays. Uh, bad base running. Andy Diaz gets thrown out early. G-Man Choi hits a two-run home run. We're feeling good. Uh, Ray- Rayleigh hits a home run. That was nice to see. I went to bed. I woke up. I saw Colin Poche blew it again. He did, and I was watching the game, and like you, I was going back and forth between the Mets and the Yankees in the Rays game, and Poche blew another game. Thankfully for the Rays, they were able to get the big hit from a Rosarina in the 10th, and they held on. A much-needed win for them. By the way, Eric Neander will join us on the show today to talk about any possible trades that may happen and the Rays are rumored to be out there for pitchers for bats I think they need a reliever and I think they need a bat somebody in the outfield who can hit go get Noah Syndergaard for the rest of the year for a starting pitcher and what about Dom Smith go get a bat trade you won't have to give up a lot to do it I I think Ian Happ, I've talked about it for the last couple weeks, I think Ian Happ would be a perfect fit for this team. You can hear all that and more coming up in just a few minutes on the Ronnie and T. Kraz show. Uh, Ronnie, or T. Kraz, go have fun with Ronnie. Uh, We'll talk to you later. It's Ronnie's birthday. I'm going to smash a pie in his face. Are you going to do that? Can you call me over so I can can. get whatever's Um, left over to eat? I don't have a pie. Listen, if I had a pie, I I, want to eat it, not waste it by smashing it in his face. (laughs) i got to go over and wish uh, Ronnie Lane a happy birthday. Like you said. (laughs) Thank you, Tom Kraz. Nikki T. Kraz. Uh, in just a few minutes here on AM Tampa Bay, Rory O'Neill will join us. We'll talk about that chips bill that may soon go to President Biden's desk and we'll get a signature from him. We'll have that update coming up next on AM Tampa Bay. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Welcome back to AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris will be back next week. Aaron Jacobson, Katie Buccino, and James Berlander. And let's go to the hotline now where NBC News Radio, radio reporter Rory O'Neill joins us. This report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute. And Rory, we have the chips bill that is soon going to go to the president's desk, most likely. It still has to go to the House for approval before it's sent to the president for her, his uh, his signature. What uh, What's the plan here? I know uh, it's a $52 billion plan what does it include 
Yeah, the $52 billion is just the part that uh, helps provide funding to computer chip manufacturers to try to bring that industry back here to the U.S. You know, the U.S. used to make about 40% of the world's chips. Now it's about 12%, and the ones we do make aren't even the most cutting edge. So we want to bring that industry back. Uh, a lot of Republicans in the Senate voted for this largely because of a secu- it's a national security issue. You know, we've seen during the supply chain issues that uh, we need chips. Uh, we, re- we devour them in every way possible, and uh, our national defense relies on it. We can't just contract this out to Taiwan, which had been making the bulk of them. How did we fall so far behind? Was there any note on that? And do we know that how we fa- fell so far behind on the global stage? Yeah, you know, we designed the chips, and then Taiwan goes on to make them is essentially what's been happening. And it's just cheaper labor, and they've been making more of an investment there. And I should also note, by the way, there was another huge legislative development overnight. It looks like they got Joe Manchin to sign on to a smaller version of Build Back Better. This is going to be money for uh, climate change uh, to help uh, bring along new forms of energy. And it also includes money for budget reduction. Prescription drug costs will be lowered, and also some money in there for uh, health care subsidies. So another huge legislative package pushed through late last night. That could have some major implications for the future of Joe Manchin as far as uh, how his, how people will, will vote for him in the future, right? Yes, that uh, really does take a lot of pressure off him. Everyone was really surprised. This was a back-channel thing that had continued. Uh, and again, it's a much, much smaller version of Build Back Better, but it's got a, a climate goal of reducing emissions by 40% by 2030. Uh, so that's pretty fast. When can we expect this to be done, signed, sealed, delivered by President Biden? Right, so the CHIPS one, that could go to the president's desk next week. The Senate is going to vote on this new larger reconciliation deal sometime next week. In that case, they only need the 50 votes. Uh, so that one could also go to the president's desk conceivably sometime next week. And we will get an update from you when that does happen. NBC News Radio reporter Rory O'Neill, thanks for joining us today, Rory. Have a great uh, – we'll talk to you tomorrow. Great. Talk to you then, Aaron. Thanks. All right. Thank you. This report was brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome, patient satisfaction, and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations across Tampa Bay. Make an appointment today at the oncologyinstitute.com. Once again, oncologyinstitute.com. Coming up here on AM Tampa Bay, we'll jump into the six o'clock hour where we'll have Aaron Real join us in just a few minutes. We'll talk. Listen. We've got monkeypox out there now. How concerned should you be? And really, how how will businesses and, and companies react to what we're seeing here? And will it be similar to what we saw with COVID? We'll get into all that and more coming up next on AM Tampa Bay. Security. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Jack Harris is out today. Aaron Jacobson, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander in This Day in History presented by the Duncan Duo. Let's go back to 1943. Today, President Roosevelt, This Day in History, announced the end of coffee rationing. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what I would do. Could you imagine? I don't drink coffee, but I can imagine you two would be struggling. I mean, there were shortages, I understand. And the reason for rationing during the war, uh, you wanted to make sure that you were distributing the resources fairly to everyone. I would be such a bad citizen. I would be I would be taking everyone's coffee. I'd be <laughs> cranky. I'd be so cranky, but I wouldn't be cranky because I would be finding ways to trade things to get the coffee because I can't live with uh, like I'm a seven cup a day kind yeah. of guy. We raised hell here in the building when our coffee cut. Co- 
cup shrunk like just barely a little. It was barely noticeable. Seriously, no, this isn't a joke. Like for people listening, this happened in our building. People were freaking There's out. Meetings about it. Meet to the point where three weeks after it happened, all of a sudden the big cups were back. That's how big of a problem we couldn't even cup ration here. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I couldn't do it. I if you told me one cup a day, I'd be like, sorry, uh, I, I I can't do that. Um, that was this day in 1943. Today in 1951, Walt Disney's film Alice in Wonderland was released in theaters nationwide. I still never seen it in, in its entirety, uh, really? and the Johnny Depp version I've never seen. Uh, 1950s, really? I didn't realize 1951, that. 1951, somebody was taking LSD back then. <laughs> Today in 1978, the movie National Lampoon's Animal House, starring John Belushi, opened in theaters nationwide. Have you seen Animal House, Katie? I have not seen Animal House. One of the best of all time. James, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Really? You know what? I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of movies everyone's like, really? For me, that I haven't seen? Top Animal Gun. House, check it out. Yeah, Top Gun. Animal House still plays, though. Like, it's still funny, even though it was done in 1978. Um, going back to 1998, today in history, this day, Monica Lewinsky received blanket immunity in exchange for providing full and truthful testimony to a grand jury investigating pre- uh, President Clinton. Mm. We don't have to go into detail on that one. We all know <laughs> what happened with a, a, you know emphasis on blanket immunity. Today in 2002, there was no winner of the 89 Tour de France as Lance Armstrong was disqualified and, uh, you know, taking steroids. Mm-hmm. He was disqualified and, uh, yeah, his name has been uh, tarnished because of it. Today in 2016, the evidence, uh, the earliest evidence of cancer was found in 1.7 million year old toe fossil from Swarkran's cave in South Africa. That's crazy. Huh. 1.7 million year old fossil. I don't know how they found cancer in it. Uh, on this day in 2061. What? That day hasn't happened yet. Oh, wow. I know. Get ready. I'm Mark excited. it on your calendar. <laughs> that will be the 31st passage of Halley's Comet. Put it on your calendar. That is this day in history presented by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming. Be part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now. Join the duo.com. Check it out. Join the duo. Com. In just a few minutes, we'll check out our Dope of the Day with Katie Bacino. That's next on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. It is time for the Dope of the Day. These people you hear on Dope of the Day identify as dopes. Let's go yes. to Katie Bacino for the Dope of the Day. The first one is Aaron Gregory, 39. He is from Florida, so a Florida man. He, him. He, him, uh, dope. He was arrested for DUI after driving his motorized scooter inside shelves at Walmart. So, <laughs> I can't even make this Think up. about that. Could you imagine, like, you're just shopping for shampoo and someone runs into the island and he gets arrested for DUI. Like, cops come in. Pull him over. Uh, license and registration. Uh, uh, I'm in aisle six. You know how many people probably reported and were like, this guy's messed up. He's riding around his scooter and people noticing that he's drunk. I mean, hammered. That's incredible. <laughs> Police say the man was swaying in the scooter seat and he had an open an open bottle of Smirnoff vodka no. in the basket. He wasn't even trying to hide. You know what? No, I respect that. Life, yeah. I respect that. At least he's open about it. He's like, I'm not hiding it. I am driving this thing. I am drinking. I mean, it's a scooter. 
I, that's I, that's tough. It's a motorized vehicle. Like it is a motorized vehicle. This man was messed up. They had to take him out on a stretcher from Walmart because he was when cops asked him for a, his ID, he was like unresponsive. Oh, well, he's too drunk. Yeah, he drank right, like the whole much. bottle. Of too much, enough. man. Too much. And I, you know, like you can't ride a bicycle and drink. Really? Yeah, I don't think you can ride There's a bicycle a and drink. I know, but I don't think you're allowed to ride a bicycle and drink. I remember seeing a TikTok when TikTok first became a thing and there was this girl on a college campus who had too many DUIs and couldn't drive because she, you know, partied too hard. So she was taking those little kids, like, motorized cars, you know, like the little Escalades or Barbie Jeeps. That's funny. And, and like, someone told her, like, you know, that still has a motor in it. Like, you can't use but, that. But you don't need a license for it, do you? Yeah, no. So I think you should be able to. It's so you, confusing. You got to find a loophole if you're just a, a drunk person and need to get around. And just stop carrying uh, fifth. Of, of vodka around with you. <laughs> Can't bring open bottles of vodka into Walmart with you and then operate a scooter, so that at, is illegal. At least try to hide it. Like, put put a towel <laughs> over it or something. There's another guy making news. He's 56-year-old Richard Picorni. He's a Hillsborough County middle school teacher. Well, he was. He's been arrested twice in four months, and he just he just had his second arrest in four months. I saw the headline. Do you know what, 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 what did he do? Um, he was like in a fight with someone over a cell phone. He was drunk. It was like one fifteen in the morning and he confronted a victim outside their home. And then, uh, like he pulled out a gun. It like, oh, it, wow. it, it all started with a phone and then he pulled out a gun and then, you know, things got crazy. Nobody was shot, obviously, but it's how desperate we are for teachers right now in the state where after the first arrest, he didn't get canned. Yeah, that's that's where we're at. There are some like things that I see where, you know, a teacher might get or somebody in any profession might get arrested and you kind of look at it and you go, well, listen, does it's a first time offense? Do they need to lose their job, their future, their career over it? Probably not. You give them a pass. Uh, I don't know what that first charge was, but the second charge once you twice in four months is uh, that starts to be a pattern there. Uh, I guess like he. I hope the other guy got arrested, too. And it doesn't say in this story, but the guy, the other guy he was fighting with was the one who you know, shot the fire at the teacher or whatever, but he stole his phone. Bacorny, the the teacher, stole the guy's phone. They found him with it later, oh, so yeah, okay. they so got arrested thief, for that. All that stuff, great. Um, but the middle school that he works at says they he will not be allowed Good. back on the campus Good. until this is all settled. And until it's settled. Yeah, they that's what they said. I have a feeling. It's settled. Don't bring him back. It's two times four months. Like I said, the first time Let could be go. a mistake. Two times in four months. Sorry, dude. You're not making good choices. Not who we need to be teaching our children. Uh, he identifies as not a teacher. Yeah, he identifies as jobless. (laughs) Yes, that is his identity right now. Thank you. That is Katie Vicino with the dopes of the day. Coming up in just a few minutes, fewer parents. They have uh, said they're they're intending that they're not going to get their intention now with the vaccine is to not have their children take the vaccinations for COVID. Where do you stand on that? And we'll get an update from Aaron Real, NBC News Radio, coming up next on AM Tampa Bay. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Welcome back to AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris is out. Aaron Jacobson, Katie Buccino, and James Burlander. A recent survey says that more than four in ten parents said they would not vaccinate their children under the age of five against COVID 19. Joining us now on the hotline, NBC News Radio reporter Aaron Real. And Aaron, what, what were some of the main reason cited here good morning yes so it turns out that parents chief concern were about the potential side effects of the vaccine basically it's relative newness 
and that there was a real lack of sufficient research around it. And many parents said that they were just better prepared to let their children take the risk of contracting COVID rather than getting the vaccine. So here are the numbers. It's from the Kaiser Family Foundation. This study found that 43% of parents with children under the age of five said that they would definitely not have them vaccinated. 27% said they would wait and see. And 13% said that they would have their children vaccinated only if required. And this is even for parents who were vaccinated themselves against COVID. Do we know the numbers recently? Have we seen a surge? And I know some people, you know, we have pockets throughout the country of people that are getting COVID. Have we seen a surge in COVID in this specific age group? That's a great question. And the answer is, while there has been people contracting it more across the country, particularly in certain places like the Northeast and where it it seems to roll in first, but it turns out that the vast majority of children who come down with COVID, even the new variant, they really get over it quite easily. Some kids do get very, very ill. That that is a possibility, but it, it seems far less than the adult population. What are some of the uh, negative side effects that might have been noted for some people, some of the fears we're seeing in negative side effects with young vaccinated children? So that's a great question. You know, there were some heart issues for older boys, it seemed like. That was around age 14. Um, But we're talking about very, very young, under the age of five. And I think that parental apprehension it, it's it's resulted just in way fewer shots for this age group altogether so it's harder to get data based on what the outcome is for kids who are being vaccinated so since june 18th when the vaccine became eligible only 2.8 percent had received shots out of the the study so that's a very very low number Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes moving forward. As we know, COVID is still here. NBC News Radio reporter Aaron Rial, thank you for joining us this morning and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. I think those numbers in that survey pretty much tell you what you need to know, right? Like parents, if they have concerns and fears for their young children getting vaccinated, but there aren't really, as far as COVID right now, young children getting, if they get, if they contract COVID, they're getting over it. They seem to be fine. They're getting over it. So I would understand why, if that's the case, and those are the numbers, why parents wouldn't want their kids to be vaccinated. More coming up here on AM Tampa Bay in just a few minutes. We're going to have uh, Jay Ratliff join us a little later on. We'll be seeing what's happening on the markets. That's coming up. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Welcome back to AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris is out. Aaron Jacobson, Katie Buccino, and James Berlander and joining us now on the hotline, attorney with Hill Ward Henderson. He is Robert Schimberg. Good morning, Robert. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So we've seen recently, here in Florida at least, there are nearly 275 cases of monkeypox that have been reported. Not a lot, but since we've dealt with COVID, we know how companies have changed a lot of their policies and what they do to prepare for a potential widespread disease outbreak. For me personally, I don't think that's where we're going with monkeypox. But as far as businesses are concerned, what should they be doing to prepare for a potential uh, widespread outbreak? So the biggest thing that a business would want to do at this point would be 
just to get in preparation mode and just to make sure that the person they had as a coordinator or as someone that was monitoring the situation for COVID would just keep an eye on what's happening with monkeypox and would just monitor uh, the CDC website, would monitor what's happening with our local um, health department website, just to keep aware and keep advised of what's happening so they'll they'll be able to answer questions so they'll be able to be a point person at the business in the event that information is necessary to disseminate or spread around to others in the office yeah and as far as the model now of of how to handle it should companies really and you kind of noted you know that you go back to just monitoring it but should companies really do anything different with monkeypox than they did for covid or should they you know it, it should it be anything less than that so, so really at this point, you know, because of the, of the nature of the, of the monkeypox outbreak, you know, throughout the Tampa Bay area, throughout Florida, throughout our country, um, you know, a business really wants to take an approach of just understanding what's happening, understanding how it can, um, affect the employees of the business and their family. And so it's really gaining information and knowledge at this point, um, like you would with any health related situation. So you can be prepared in the event that you need to, um, you know, to take action. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to just, even if you don't think it's going to be like COVID, like I don't think monkeypox personally is going to be like COVID and, but just to be ready, just to be sure that you know that, uh, you are prepared just in case anything happens, but shouldn't, shouldn't at this point, uh, businesses, have this model down and if they don't that's a shame on them you know yeah absolutely i mean from from where we where we've been the last couple of years with covid i mean i believe that you know the, the typical business every business has a model in place of certainly what they did um in in addressing covid in their business with their employees of their business um and so you know again they want to regardless of the situation in the world whether it's monkeypox or anything else they would want to kind of keep that um keep current on what's happening and take a look at their plan and their preparation from something like covid whether it's you know do a checkup every three to six months just to say hey are we prepared in the event that something else happens next does our model need to be tweaked based on things we learned in you know the last couple of years or things that we're learning now yes absolutely those are definitely good tips and just be prepared and these are things that we've done for for years now and be ready to go in the future with anything if anything uh pops up he is an attorney with hill ward henderson he is robert schimberg robert thanks so much for joining us again and have a great rest of the day yeah, thank you for having me. You guys have a great rest of the day also. Bye-bye. Thank you. It's 640 on AM Tampa Bay, and in just a few minutes, Jay Ratliff will join us. We'll get an update on the markets. That's coming up here on AM Tampa Bay. Monitoring every tick of the market, here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Jay Ratliff joins us now on the hotline. Daytradefund.com is where you can see all the great information from Jay. Good morning, Jay. Great to talk to you again. Aaron, it's a delight to talk to you this morning. Good morning. One of my favorites, OG AM Tampa Bay. We go way back, Jay. I've missed you. Absolutely. Many, 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 many years. So. I miss the uh, the weekly interactions, brother, and uh, but you're doing a good job. Just keep it up. Thank you, and uh, definitely want to get an update from you because, as expected, Fed hike uh, the Fed hiked the interest rates not higher than expected. How did the markets respond to that? Uh, very positive. I mean, they closed the Dow closed up yesterday, 436 points. The pre markets down a few points this morning, but 
yesterday there was almost a collective sigh of relief that it wasn't uh, any any more of an interest rate hike, uh, which was really the 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 concern because the the three basis points that we had that came through was expected, but there was this kind of underlining worry that the Fed might. I don't want to use the word panic, but might decide to do more to try to stay ahead of inflation because those June inflation numbers that came out that showed the, the 9.1% increase w- was unexpected because you had so many economists saying that the inflation had peaked, it's on its way back, and that inflation report showed the exact opposite. And that led a lot of investors to be concerned, well, look, if the Fed does more than they had suggested – well, that could actually cause more problems than, than what you could solve. But look, they got what they wanted, the interest rate hikes that they knew were coming, and it wasn't anything that was more than. So Wall Street uh, you know, certainly uh, celebrated, and we saw the market uh, rise as a result. I got to ask you something, Jay, because I'm confused myself now because I have it back and forth with the, with this administration. What is a recession? Because the administration doesn't seem to know themselves as sometimes it seems they're redefining it. Well, you know, there's only one definition of a recession. When you have back-to-back uh, GDP quarters or uh, months or quarters rather that are in the negative, where you have not growth but you know it drops back, look, that that's the definition of a recession. We've already had one quarter that was negative, and the quarter coming up is probably we'll know later today could be negative as well. And and what I'm hearing from economists, they're saying, well, you, you know, if we have back-to-back quarters of negative growth, then that could lead to suggestions that the economy is experiencing a recession. No, that's the definition of a recession. And the problem is, but not surprisingly, is if the Biden administration is faced with this, they're going to be peppered with questions, and they will certainly do everything they can to to walk it back, minimize it, and everything else, because, look, they can't buy good news if their life depended on it. And unfortunately, what's going to happen is they're going to throw out words like, well, you know, the last recession was only two months, so this is going to be something that's going to be not that bad. But, you know, that was the COVID-driven situation that we had uh, with just before the, the pandemic. The last real recession, the normal recession, lasted like 18 months. And as long as we have the inflationary concerns that we do, along with so many of these companies that are giving us their earnings this week saying, oh, by the way, our future expectations, our future guidance shows that it's not going to be as strong from an economic standpoint as what we thought, we're going to cut back on hiring. We're going to cut back on expansion. We're going to cut back on this, this, and that. Those types of things are going to feed a lot of the things that are ongoing, which is not going to do nothing more than kind of extend what we see going on. So there's a lot of concerns right now. But you and I have talked about almost for 10 years here and how Wall Street and Main Street, many times there's a disconnect. So you can look at Wall Street and say, hey, things are pretty good. But when you see what's going on with the jobs, the job market, and people that are suffering, and people that are fighting the the rising cost of all the goods and services that we are, I mean, there's some big time hurting that's going on right now, and uh, unfortunately, it's going to continue. And I, I'm sorry to say, it looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's not what we wanted to hear, but I, I anticipated that would that's what we'd hear from you, Jay. And uh, you know, it's I'm glad you cleared it up for us though on recession because I figured that the definition was still the same. We were just getting some mixed messages here as far as the Biden administration not wanting it to appear as bad as it is. So what we've learned is this economy doesn't identify as a recession. That's really important. Yeah, well, we'll find out we'll find out today as far as what the exact numbers are and if we do end up on the positive side of things you know we can put that discussion to rest 
if it is back-to-back quarters of negative growth, then yeah, uh, grab some popcorn. It's going to be an interesting show to see how they uh, try to spin that one when you're looking at stats that very clearly show uh, that this economy is going nowhere, and we know exactly who to thank for that. How do I grab popcorn, Jay? It's too expensive. Inflation. I can't even eat popcorn anymore. And butter? Forget about it. You're going to find that out. Well, you know, grab grab something because uh, it's like everybody getting a 10% pay cut in some things, and some things even more than that. And if we showed up at work and our boss said, I'm sorry, you're going to have a 10 or 15% pay cut, I mean, how's that going to impact you? And that's exactly what a lot of people, especially individuals on fixed income, are are facing. They've got to make decisions on what they buy and what they don't buy. And it's just really unfortunate that we've been led down the path that we are because a lot of this stuff could have been avoided. Costs are going up. Wages across the board really aren't going up with it. So uh, we'll we'll have to see where this goes. But we always go to daytradefun.com and Jay Ratliff to get our information. Great catching up with you, uh, Jay, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Looking forward to it, my friend. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Jay. Once again, daytradefund.com. This administration, I'm telling you, you, we talked about it earlier, Kamala Harris, identifying the pronouns. Basically, you can just say what you want and just make it up. Figure it out and go from there. We're going to wrap things up and go from here on AM Tampa Bay, and then we'll get ready for the Ryan Gorman Show. Without Ryan Gorman, it's that awkward transition where I go from saying AM Tampa Bay, filling in for Jack Harris, to Aaron filling in for Ryan Gorman. That all happening next here on AM Tampa Bay. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Jack Harris is out. You're listening to He, Him, It, and Degenerate. I am Aaron Jacobson. That is how I identify. Katie Pacino's here as well. James Berlander is here too. If you missed it a little earlier, Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. That blue suit was so mad because that blue suit didn't (laughs) give consent to Kamala Harris saying that it identified as blue. It's a real mess. It's very confusing. Uh, But you can check that out if you missed that. amtampabay.com. You can see the video of Kamala Harris and how she identifies. amtampabay.com. In a few minutes, we'll transition over to the Ryan Gorman Show ourselves. Interesting time to use the word transition. I didn't even mean to there, but that's what we'll do here. Ryan Gorman is out. He'll be out again tomorrow. I want to bring this up before we head into the 7 o'clock hour because it's bothering me. Um, Paper straws. Hate them. They're the worst, right? The absolute worst. They're good for five minutes. Not even. You can't drink anything out of these stupid paper straws. They get soggy. You're eating paper. You're sucking through nothing. You're not getting any liquid because the paper is all squished together and mushy. It's disgusting. You could taste them, too. It's bad. Listen, how much are these plastic straws really? How many turtles are having straws in their nose? Like, I just want my straws back. I want my plastic straws. Well, now, I don't know if you guys saw this. There's a new trend on the way. No, oh, can't wait. Always good. Edible spoons, edible straws, edible cups. I remember when those used to be a thing for like cereal, like you could have the edible straws and you it like flavored your um milk. I do remember yeah. those. You get a childlike smile on your face right now. <laughs> the cookies and cream straws. I no, I don't want to bring these it's disgusting. I don't want to eat my straw. I don't want to eat my cup. I want to fill up my cup with a drink. And by the way, big plastic cup guy. I love, I hate cleaning cups. Why do I have to clean cups when I can go spend $2, inflation, maybe $4, go get the red Solo cups? I don't, listen, when I entertain <laughs> people, I get the fancy cups out so I don't look like a, you know. College a, frat guy. A college frat yeah. guy, thank you. But when I'm home alone, I don't want to clean, I just want to sip, I want to drink. Don't want to eat my cup, 
I just want to drink out of my cup. Why do we have uh, edible bowls? Uh, the bread bowls are cool. All right, bread Panera. bowls with soup. Yeah. Got it. Genius. Brilliant. I don't need that with my straws. How are you going to make an edible straw good? Why does this matter? Like, how much is this really impacting the environment? This is bothering me a lot. So which one would you rather have, paper straw or edible straw? If you had to choose one to save straw. the turtles. Okay. Edible straw. But there's no way the straw tastes good. No. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be like chalk. And everyone's going to be having edible straws. Half of them are going to be thrown on the ground. The birds are going to be eating straws. Birds are going to get their stu- their beaks stuck in these edible straws trying to eat them. They'll be go, expired. Go old school, everyone. Bite a hole in your Twizzler and use a Twizzler. Did you used to do that? Yeah, of course I used did to do that. Did that work? Yeah, you is bite the a hole, hole big in enough? E- you bite a hole in each side of your Twizzler and it becomes a straw. When did you try this? Like, how, how high were you in college when you tried this? Like, that's not a normal <laughs> I didn't thing go to, to do. <laughs> there you go. Too many, stri- too many Twizzler too many straws. Unbelievable. All right, more coming up here. We're going to move into the Ryan Gorman show coming up here in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. Live it up.